Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. All right. Well, hello, everybody. This is Catherine Toon. Uh, welcome to Perspectives with Catherine Toon. And I have a very, I want to say special because that makes it sound weird, but an amazing, <laughs> accomplished, I'm funny, special. fun, but you're very special, <laughs> but it's not special. <laughs> guest, my Bill Thrasher. Me, my wife may think you're different, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. So if you've not run into Bill before, he does a ton on Facebook, uh, has a, a private group called the Jesus Purpose Community, wrote a book called The Jesus Purpose, and just has depth and personal grapple and uh, just a, a, a font that just flows out of him. So I'm, I'm really excited. I did want to uh, read your bio because it'll kind of give you, give people a chance Um to know a little bit more about you. Uh, so let's see. A U.S. Marine, husband, father, and lover of life. I vote for that. Bill is a passionate teacher gifted with a unique perspective and a skilled leader in the field of, field of business. As an author, public speaker, and minister, he has a true passion to share his path to those knowing hope uh, and peace, a journey he has personally endeavored Raised in a, inside the culture of westernized evangelical church, Bill has broken free, hallelujah, that's me, of traditional, traditional religion rules and believes in the good news of God's unbounded love and grace for all humanity. Bill has a gifted understanding of the balance required for finding hope, peace, and purpose. And you live in Woodstock, Georgia with your wife, Christina, who's Sounds amazing. I love the way you talk about her. Uh, your son, Will, your daughter, Ansley, and, and pound puppy, Piper. Active in the community, Bill hosts Unleash Community Gatherings, is a member of the Marine Corps League, and works with several other outreach missions. He has professionally advanced through the ranks of the commercial audiovisual industry for the past 22 years and is currently the Senior Vice President at AV Tech Media Solutions, headquartered in Roswell, Georgia. William, a supernaturally gifted roller skater, enjoys attending Georgia Tech football games, listening to great music, watching Marvel superhero movies, playing outdoors, spending quality time with his family, and loving this adventure called life. You rock it. (laughs) You're so so much fun, Bill. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we could go so many different directions. And I did want to mention at at the get-go that Bill has written a book called The Jesus Purpose. I think that was published in 2016. Uh, It's an amazing read. And I know you've been evolving since then. Why? We're just all green and growing or red and rotting, right? So you're definitely green and growing. Love that. And, you know, uh, there's so many different directions that we could talk about. But one of the things I thought we might want to dive into is maybe the reason why Jesus had to come into the flesh, why he actually came. I remember you doing an amazing teaching. I thought, oh, dang, that's good. Uh, and I think it will it'll elevate and expand your perspective. And I know we'll, we can start there and just flow wherever uh, you want to go. So just take it away. Well, it's uh, first and foremost, it's a pleasure to be here, Catherine. And, uh, you know, we're, we're so glad to have you a part of the Jesus Purpose community. I know you post there regularly and uh, a lot of your content and uh, it brings such a, a cheerful attitude and just a, a positive outlook and, and just love the complimentary kind of vibe you bring to to what we're doing there. Um, we're definitely a community that 
hope is a little unique. Um, I post the majority of the content there. And um, that, that said, you know, I, we also don't want to be a place where we want to, or we don't want to play a place that fits the normal mold. We want to be a place that people feel welcome to come in and challenge some of those preconceptions. A lot of the things that they felt were counterintuitive or, or mixed message or hypocritical, whatever word you want to use and a place that brings, you know, continuity and kind of symmetry to this, this experience of faith and this, this Jesus purpose thing, right? The, the whole point of the book was what is the purpose of Jesus? And then you ask the question of, you know, why did God have to come mm-hmm. in the flesh? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know that, um, we have a great answer to that because, you know, at, at some point, you know, we, we do have to live by this thing that is faith. Uh-huh. But I think we have so much, like, pragmatic evidence that there really was this man named Jesus who lived. And he did some things based on the witness accounts, even inside and outside of Scripture, that made him, at least people, look at him in a different light. Yes. And compared to all the other faiths and all the other religions, and all the other people that have have had some sort of deistic kind of tie to them, this Jesus guy kind of metaphorically and literally flips the tables. Yes, he really he does. does. And, and he does. The idea, yeah, the idea that that you know, man becomes God mm-hmm. is it's basically the theme of every cultural paradigm outside of Christianity, Mm -hmm. that somehow a man is born with the capacities and with this uh, this specialty Mm -hmm. that can make him ultimately transcend normal humanity and become kind of a a apex human, Mm -hmm. which ultimately transitions into a divine figure. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea of Jesus, where God, the fullness of the creator, the fullness of power, omnipotence, omnisciousness, omnipresenceness becomes a, an infant child, completely vulnerable, completely naked, completely mm-hmm. exposed, completely limited in and cognitive ability. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Having the, the nurse at his mother's breast, a hundred percent interdependent on, on this thing that is, the essence of humanity is is a total paradigm shift to, right. to what humanity has always thought right. about God. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, this man who grows in wisdom and stature, as the scriptures mm-hmm. tell us, yeah. shows us an idea of God mm-hmm. that is more concerned with um, grace mm-hmm. and unconditional inclusion Mm-hmm. Than he is with with being a legalistic tyrant demanding appeasement. And, and while there are still many Christians who get tied up in that whole paradigm, mm-hmm. Jesus on the cross, if he is, as again, the scriptures say, the exact representation of God, right. he reveals something about God very opposite of what we expect to find. Yeah. And in that, in that finding, in that knowing of this person, Jesus, we have to completely redefine our understandings of what love is and mm-hmm. what God is mm-hmm. through the image of this crucified carpenter. Right. In, instead of the idea that I can attain some level of excellence that justifies me as being 
divinely approved or becoming divine myself in, mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. So that's a long kind of, I think, in, in, you know, great pretty in, <laughs> intri- in, yeah, intricate answer. But, yeah. I, you know, I think that's really it. The essence of Jesus, why did he become flesh? Was to reveal, A, mm-hmm. the nature of God. Yes. And B, which is equally as important to unveil who we really are oh, as human goodness. beings. Yes. Uh, you know, so that's mm-hmm. the second facet of it is, mm-hmm. is he's also showing us who we were created to be Absolutely. and what we are entangled with as the divinity that lives within us as an, a, a unique expression of the of this thing that is I amness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Sentient mm-hmm. awareness, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. As soon as we have that, we are an expression in a very unique capacity of this essence that is God. Mm-hmm. We are not God, right. but we are so interdependent and one with God mm-hmm. that we're completely in union with him. But Jesus, for lack of a better word, is our oldest brother, mm-hmm. not in time space, but in, mm-hmm. in, in the creation paradigm. He's the one that is, is we can look at and we can understand these things through. And there's no one else that can unveil these truths to us mm-hmm. like he can. Absolutely. And it's so amazing because it also shows God's value for humanity that he would become one, right? That he would become. And so it it brings us up to the level of our original design. Uh, And it it depends upon him, little G gods. We're not the big G God, but we're not confused about this. But uh, but we do have that essence. We are made co-heirs and we are dependent upon God in that to operate in that space. Uh, but I, I love that so much because we're having to see God unveiled as he really is through the person of Christ to be able to see ourselves. Uh, and that's, that's such a, a we've got to get the, the, the cart, the horse before the cart, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's amazing. Well, keep going. I'm, I'm eating it up. This is great. <laughs> no, I have to say, yeah, he's, you know, I know I love Francis Dutoy. I don't know if, if you know Francis. Obviously, he's oh, a, he wrote him. the marriage mm-hmm. Bible. You know, it's, it's, or if your listeners do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the whole idea of the marriage Bible comes from the first Saints in Corinthians that says, you know, we stand with unveiled faces as if we were looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea is we're being refined into the glory of the one we're looking at, we're gazing right. upon. Right. We have to understand what that image is. And exactly. without Christ... And when I say Christ, I, I'm I'm comfortable saying that that Christ, the the big C again for the lack of a better word, is the person Jesus, uh-huh. um, and, and you know his entire life, while it had a um, a tendency, maybe this is something we want to dig into a little mm-hmm. bit more, uh-huh. um, to be very focused on fulfilling the laws and the prophets of the Jewish people, right? At the same time. Who he was in beingness, who he was in essenceness, was expressing a, a foretelling image mm-hmm. of what we now understand God to be in Revelation. Right. And again, like we just said, who we are slowly and progressively understanding ourselves to be mm-hmm. in Revelation right. as being basically co-heirs, co-creators mm-hmm. uh, with this uh, this unique person. Yeah, and that's so, and, and that's so, and, and, and just understanding God's heart for us that he 
would come in the flesh because of our limited perspectives, our uh, blindness, you know, John Wen, our blindness that we're unable to see the light, although the light's present, the light's present all around us, the light's present all in us, but we're blind and we're not comprehending. Uh, and so we just need help. We need it. We need our, 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 our senses, our imagination to be enlightened so that we can actually see what's already true. Yeah. And I don't, I, I know there are other ways. I, I never want to be a person that limits someone to understand the progression to this, or they can get to some degree of the same perspective. But I am of the, the kind of belief to a large degree that Jesus is the pinnacle of that, of that way for the way to understand and know God and know the heart of the father, know the, this is a big one for me to know the heart of the spirit too. I think that's the one that still, even we're still trying to, to wrap our heads and our hearts around that. Jesus is the exact representation of God. It's been so cool over the last decade of of my life and specifically probably the last five years Mm -hmm. to to commune with so many people who have, have, come to the awareness that the father right. looks exactly like the son. And this is an organic swelling movement where people are starting, the light bulb starting to go off. Man, God is like Jesus. God is Christ-like. Um, <laughs> right. wow. when, we, when, we, when we say God, right. I think the inclination or our kind of our commonplace thing is to go to father. Right. But God is not father. God is God is the love shared between Thank father, you. son, and spirit, at least as refreshing yeah. I'm a Christian. I'm not afraid of that word. So right, some people right. are, are banning and throwing that word. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to reclaim that word. I That's think, kind I of think we need to reclaim it. I think I we want to need reclaim to it, do right? that. There's a lot as of words a, we need to Christ, reclaim. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that word. I, you know, it was started as a derogatory term as little right. Christ. It's true. Cause people were walking around and, and healing the, the, the blind and they, you know, they were, they were doing the things that Christ did. Right. And I mean, I, I hope that at some point, you know, people look at me and say, why are you so Jesus-y? Well, all right. they're saying is, why are you being a little Christ? Christ why are you being absolutely. a Christian? Absolutely. It's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm okay with that terminology. Um, now, not to say that doesn't come with a bunch of fact with it too. And we'll get into right. that in a minute. We need to talk some sure. stuff. Mm-hmm. But God, this Christness of God is not just about Father, which is awesome. Right. It's also about Spirit. And that's what we're just talking about. The essence of God that dwells in his temple, which is made of flesh also. Me, you, Mm -hmm. we. um, It's exactly like the Son, too. And so this idea of conviction of sin and guilt and shame and God's inside of you, you know, one, you have the little angel and the little devil and their whisper. No, that's not Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit doesn't speak from a tree of knowledge and good and evil. Holy Spirit speaks from the tree of life, just like Jesus did. And if you're not hearing what Jesus said to the people he was speaking to from within yourself, then you're not hearing from Holy Spirit. You're hearing from a, a false spirit. And, yes. and so that's that's another thing I love to talk with people about. I think, again, those light bulbs start going off that, that, that God in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory looks exactly like Jesus, just as much as just as much as Jesus looks like the Father. So that, that was a revelation for me a few years ago that was just phenomenal. Well, it changes everything. I mean, it really changes yes. everything. And, uh, and then we operate from that place of completion, rather struggling than struggling to try to get to the place of com- uh, completion, because if we're struggling to get what we already have, we'll never experience what we already have. Right. 
Mm-hmm. That's right. You can't start with a place of lack. And I think yes. that's a, a tremendous um, burden that is carried by so much of the institutional church in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of it's built around a model of, you know, I grew up, I guess this is a good segue. I grew up immersed in Christian culture. Um, my father was a sound man. Mm-hmm. He was an audio engineer and I still am in the audio visual industry myself today. My mother was a vocalist. They met in a traveling singing group in the, uh, I guess it's been in the early seventies called the regeneration. Nice. There's probably a few older people who may have heard of them. Um, that they, they toured the, the remnants of that group still exist as, wow the Voices of Liberty at Epcot Center now. Oh, so if you ever nice. go to Epcot Center and you go to the American Pavilion and those people come out and like, oh, you know, wow. the regalia of the, of the early American colonies mm-hmm. and they sing patriotic tunes, that's that's the kind of train of, of, of you know, uh, music that my mom used to sing, this acapella what a music. That was just, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So my dad was a sailman. My mom was a high soprano. Um, they got married and uh, they ended up working for the Gaithers several right. years later Maybe when I was born. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was born, my parents were, were touring with the Gaithers. Again, my mom was singer. Wow. My dad, a sound engineer, uh, the lady that took my mom's place. It's kind of ironic with Sandy Patty. Oh, so ding, ding, ding. wow. If I wasn't born saying my mom might've been Sandy Patty instead of Sandy Patty being Sandy Patty. <laughs> 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 uh, fast forward, my dad ended up, uh, doing uh, sound for Dr. Billy Graham for, for almost 30 years. Wow. And he was a primary audio engineer. And so I was blessed. He was blessed more than I was, but uh, he was blessed to tour with him all over the globe. 80,000 seat stadiums, 500,000 people at Madison or at uh, um, Central Park. You know, he just saw massive crowds of people hearing at least Billy Graham's version of the gospel, which was so commonplace for the last several hundred years. Right. Right. And I'm not critical of that. I just think we're growing into a point of progressive revelation, mm-hmm. yeah. a new way of seeing some things. And so I don't, I don't try to be super negative toward that, but I want right. to recognize that a lot of that was still incomplete. Sure. And a lot of that was rooted in an understanding of, of theology, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, mm-hmm. that had some fundamental flaws that really weren't capable of being vetted out. Because yeah. I don't think information was free enough, right. and I don't think uh, the educational system of the church had been liberated to the point where they could really challenge some of these cemented foundational pillars that mm-hmm. were really not not built not on pillars. something that was like Christ. Right, exactly. Not built on the foundation of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. What? But that's a beautiful. You know, sure. the thing is, you, you're standing on shoulders of giants, and and um, you know, and 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 so. But you get to carry it further, right? You get to go it's further, right. faster, farther. And so we can honor where we've come from while growing, understanding that, you know, we're all growing in the knowledge of him. And so right. we and, get to do that. And, you know, yeah. And I I don't ever want to come across as ugly. I really don't. I, I, I told people who but there is an element of people that are desperately clinging, I think, to some of those things that are incomplete. Some of those right. understandings that are slightly off the mark, right. missing the mark for yeah. lack of better, right? right? right. right. <laughs> we could call it sin, right? right. Uh, that that yeah. when we think of certain elements, um, I think there's some core ones, the idea that obviously God punished his son on the cross. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's a core element that's, you know, 
thousand years old in the church. Yeah. Maybe maybe a little more, maybe fifteen hundred years old in the church, mm-hmm. but it, it's not two thousand years old. It, right. It, it came from a place after a more original, a more pure, a more holy, for lack of a better word, understanding. And it's it's changed over time. And we need to re- reclaim, yeah. same word, yeah. we reclaim the fact that God didn't abandon his son and brutalize his son on the cross. Uh-huh. God was revealing himself through the person on the cross, right? It, exactly. Those are total opposites. Exactly. So that's one element. The, the idea of our dependency on scripture mm-hmm. from, you know, Genesis 1-1 all the way through Revelation 21, 22, 21, 22, um, that every single verse in there is completely equal and gives us completely the same revelation of God is asinine. That's not something that the church <laughs> needs out, for it. <laughs> Keep going. It I mean, the Bible is not the... It's, it's, it sounds terrible. The Bible's not the word or the essence right. of God. Right. You know? There's only the one Bible word. Is a pers- a, he's a person. Yeah. <laughs> keep right. It's a collection of stories mm-hmm. that point us exactly. to the word. Exactly. Jesus said that. I mean, Jesus said, you search the scriptures looking for eternal life. They point to me. Right. So they're imperative. They're important. They're filled with such absolute depth and just, I mean, it, it, the amount of, uh, uh, stuff there, like yummy stuff, is, right. is just absolutely awesome. But they are not—they are not the essence of God. A no, person not. Is just it's a not person. Father, Father, Holy Spirit, and Holy Bible, right? Or Father, Son, and Holy That's Bible, right? right? So, That's absolutely, right. there's only one person so we, who is the logo. You, you start breaking down these pillars, and then the last mm-hmm. one, this idea that there is this—you know—an elevator that goes up. Or escalator that goes up and an escalator goes down. And, you know, if you get down to the one, there's the pitchfork guy. And you go up, there's the guy with the little book and he lets you through the gates. And we have these weird cultural images in our head that there's these these places, these destinations. And somewhere there's some sort of line. There's some sort of condition that is met. It could be internal. It could be external. But we have some variable that flips a switch that sends us up or sends us down. Exactly. we got to jump through the hoop. Right. We got to jump through the hoop. And, and yeah. all of a sudden we have insiders and outsiders. Right. You have, you know, losers, you have winners, you have all the ends. Right. That, and it's always the ones become... that are that the insiders that are pointing to all the outsiders. It's really interesting. <laughs> I mean, keep, keep going. <laughs> oh, and yeah. so that has become a, this, this core value of the church right. institutionally that is just so anti-Christ, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Yeah. That's yeah. the exact opposite of how Jesus worked. Yeah, right. Exactly. right? So all three of these are just so, they, they become pillars of the church, but they're not they're not foundational pillars. They're actually faux pillars, mm-hmm. and yet we put so much belief that they're holding up the value of our faith. Mm-hmm. And the reality is if we knock them down, our faith could actually grow way. They're actually holding exactly. back exactly. the faith. Exactly. They're because they're not, they're not, they're not reflecting who God really is. They're not, they're mm-hmm. not supportive. They're chains. Right. right? Yes. And so, yes. um, as we start knocking these down, and I have to me, those are the three babies. I mean, I, I really believe that if we could get rid of the idea that the father is against the son, if we can get rid of the dependency on scripture to, to define God in its whole, in its whole thing, not in, not in its revelation of Christ, mm-hmm. but that, you know, Exodus reveals God the exact same way exactly. that um, John reveals right, exactly. God in Christ. Mm-hmm. 
totally different gods if we read it. And people, people are dumb. People know no, that. they're not. And you have this cognitive dissonance that comes up. And, and if yep. you're, if you're holding on to that, you don't, you're, you're not allowed to have an authentic opinion or question, but it's strapped to you and, and it, and because it, the love of the law kills. I mean, it, it kills. It's bondage because it's very hard to relate to a God that looks like he, um, wipes out children and he's okay with that. Um, you know, Absolutely. and uh, versus, and then we got this love and we don't know which God's going to show up. So we're really not secure in our relationship. And if he's well, going to beat the crap out of Jesus that way, what's he going to do with me? Right? So. That's right. And <laughs> you add the paradigm of mm-hmm. your entire identity, and this is how it's been for me, and I don't know what's for you, has been tied to this thing called church. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Sunday schools, and the B-I-B-L-E is the book for me. Right. I <laughs> yeah. stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, right? Yeah. And I'm tied to these people who are, are legitimately and authentically friends mm-hmm. and family. Yeah. I love and care of about. Of course. And, and I don't want to disappoint them by questioning something that's blatantly right. counterintuitive, blatantly exactly. illogical. Exactly. And yet if I if I do, I'm afraid I'm going to tear apart and, and, and absolutely decimate quote unquote my tribe. Right. Right. My tribal identity is tied to these things. So now I'm not only operating in the fear of God, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm operating in the fear of who am I mm-hmm. and how does it relate to the people I care about most and who still I have authentic relationship right. with and I have, I can care for. Right. So how do I navigate this road? It's not easy. I don't, I don't, no. it, I, I'm still not through it all the way. I'm still in this it's hard. journey and it. You know, not abandoning and throwing out relationships, right? But also trying to, to, re- I guess, to reflect the love of the God that I know now. Absolutely. Who, who is who is who has dismantled, who has deconstructed yes. some of these elements, mm-hmm. even though I have dear, dear people that I love and know that haven't yet. Of course. How do we? And that's what the Jesus Purpose community is about. How do we start walking people into these ideas mm-hmm. without also just without decimating relationships? That's yeah. right. That's well, right. I mean, it's it's very problematic when our relationships when we when we gather around doctrine, which may or may not be correct, versus gather around the person of Christ who is love and who commands us to love as He loves. And so, you know, that's eternal. Uh, that we gather around that and even where we disagree, we love. Um, and we're also recognizing that we're all growing because I just assume I have blind spots and I'm, I assume you assume you, you know, we're just all growing. Uh, but in that where someone maybe not has grappled, has not grappled with it as long as has, is too threatened to ask these questions because their whole identity, their whole tribe, their whole meaning and purpose. And they may just spit out in hell by asking a question, um, you know, all of that. And so maybe they're back here and living in, in fear and all that kind of thing, living in judgment, threatened, all of that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, God, with the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And so with a spirit who's leading us and guiding us into all truth is also guiding us into oneness that we were made yep. to be one. That's the answer to Jesus's prayer. And, um, and that's his heart that we would come together. He and the father are one and that we would be right. one as he and the father are one. And, you know, and that's exactly. where heaven on earth is, but we, that doesn't require us to agree. I don't agree with myself half the time. So, you know, I don't know how <laughs> don't it's know possible. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, 
I'm a hundred percent with you there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey because you have been, have really grappled with these things that, and you're a very deep thinker. You're a, you're a humble, humble person, but a deep thinker and, and, and you're brave to, you know, go after these things and speak out on these things, but be lovely in the process. It's something I really, really admire about you, not to fluff and buff you, but to, to authentically say, I just think that's just an amazing thing that you do and you carry in who you are. Love that. Yeah. You know, it's been a really interesting journey. Again, that, so that was my early upbringing, obviously, uh, working with my dad uh, a bunch. He also did a ton of audio engineering and stuff. So one of the terms I've utilized for my life, my upbringing, is I really had an insider's view, but with an outsider's kind of um, identity, right? Um, and what I mean by that is it's kind of funny. I'm a guy, I love to talk, and I've actually done messages. I've, I've been blessed to speak in front of thousands of, thousands of people. But my primary spot in the church traditionally, even in my adult years, was in the back of the room in, in that little box with a soundboard, mm-hmm. you know, where they don't light you and you're right. kind of hidden off to the side. And, right. you know, nobody knows you're there and you do a great job if nobody cares about you. But the second you screw up, then you're the guy that everybody turns around and looks <laughs> oh, at, right? Here's That's all the, the audiovisual people. Thank you. Bless you. Yes. <laughs> right? That's who we are. It's and amazing. so, I mean, I, I, grew, I literally grew up from an infant inside of that world. Mm-hmm. But you have, you see people, yeah, and this is candidly, you see people at their worst right behind, they go on stage and then they turn it on and become this person that everybody's enamored with. You see people that are authentic, that are the same behind the scenes that go out and present right. themselves. You see all this dynamics happening. And I've, I've been a walking witness, eyewitness to this my entire life. Huh. Um, you know, rock stars, athletes, all these people giving testimonies and I'm putting their wireless mic on them. And some of them most genuine, kind, beautiful human beings and some are total a-holes. and then they walk out there and they tell you how good jesus is and you're like exactly like what happened what What was what what, what do we do i've seen both and so you see this and you start (laughs) you start getting through it and and so that was my my place in the church forever and my you know i we went through our early marriage my wife and i've been married 21 years now early in our marriage my wife would be like don't you tell him you do audio don't you tell them you do audio because you know why? Because then you're there at seven o'clock in the morning oh. and you're there at one o'clock in the afternoon right? and you're getting a call on Thursday night to come out and help for rehearsal and they just suck you dry. Oh, boy. And, um, and so it was, it was just, it's, 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 I come from it from a very different angle. I wasn't a pastor's kid. My mom was, but I wasn't, I was the sound man's kid. Um, and through that, I think it's given me some really unique angles, yeah. right? Some filters and angles. And I've seen the hypocrisy of the institution. I've seen what really drives the institution from a behind the scenes, mm. sitting in a budget meeting, talking about technology, talking about we got to be better than the church down the road, you know, understanding that, man, the message is slowly and organically changing because I'm here for three three years every Sunday listening to a message. And what started as grace is now turned into the law. Mm. And man, every Sunday wow. we're talking about giving and we're talking about, you know, all these kind of variables and we need a new roof and this and that. And the money's now more important. And, and I don't think it's even conscientious. I'm being honest no. with 
the leadership of the church. It's so subtle mm-hmm. and insidious. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I don't think it's a, it's an, an overt, and I hate using this word evil. I don't think it's evil at all, but there is this transition that I can't help but to say I've experienced it dozens, maybe wow. tens of dozens of times. So sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where where something organic and beautiful for mm-hmm. a season turns into, in the blink of an eye, something that just sucks the life out of you. Wow, it's so sad. And it's this, it's mm. this organism turning into an organization. It's right. this, it's this, you know, place of of um, beauty turning into an institution. Right. And, and when it gets there, and it becomes self, you know, dependent mm-hmm. on its own people. You know, there's a dependency for right. its own self growth and its own self survival. Mm-hmm. It starts to break, wow. and it happens every time. And, and I, it's so hard. But and I, and you. you you zoom back and you zoom wider and wider and you find out this has been the story of the church wow. for 2000 years. And, um, that's, that's, so I was on staff for two years at a church here locally in, in Woodstock. And then for another almost eight years after that, mm-hmm. and I was deeply, deeply invested, involved. And, um, I saw this happening mm-hmm. and, um, anyway, to make a long story short, I, I started the Jesus purpose. They were a hundred percent behind it. I think they realized that. Wait a second! Um, <laughs> wow, we don't want, we don't want to teach pure grace. Wow, we don't want to teach. Well, we got to balance it. God. We got to balance it because if we get pure we grace, yeah, we don't want gonna, unconditional yeah. love. We want to use the word unconditional, right? But we need to put a literally uh, a these condition. words were spoken. Yes. There's a little line you have to cross in your heart. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wait a second. Right. That's, so that's you just put a condition on unconditional love. Okay. <laughs> With unconditional love, guys, God loves you unconditionally. And you just cross this little line and then you're in. Right. And I just, I mean, finally, we, I just had to leave. And, and it wasn't the hell, it wasn't the most pleasant leaving. It's still, uh, and I, I mean, I have a lot of hurt. But um, in reality, my message, it's funny, I look back to 2016 when I was still heavily involved. There hasn't, my, my, my understanding of these things really hasn't moved much at all. I've just become a little more bold in how I articulate it that this institutional paradigm mm-hmm. um, has a, 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 a core brokenness to it. It really does. And it's not meant to be how we, as human beings, experience mm-hmm. the love of God. It's not through an institution. It's not through a pastor on a stage. It's not. Um, those things in an element in a moment of time can be absolutely used by God to convey right. wonderful things. But we're not going to experience the love of God authentically through those things. Absolutely. We're going to do that around a campfire. <laughs> you know, roasting marshmallows or at a tailgate, having a couple beers or at a and my wife, she goes to, you know, her little crafting thing at her friend's house. Right. I just, I don't know what, I don't know what she does. <laughs> I don't want to know. But it's so much more, so much, the love of God is so much more nimble mm-hmm. than having to be inside of this place that we define with this label and do these specific, mm-hmm. you know, traditional routines. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've lost something there. We really have. And, you know, the church, the big CD, gathering of believers, the mm-hmm. ecclesia is so much more powerful than this thing that we've crafted and we've branded and that we have. It's 
hate to stay. That's a business that needs returning paying customers right. to stay alive. Right. And um, I know that may sound harsh to a lot of people, and it doesn't mean that those places don't do some good for the community. Mm-hmm. They often do, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and um, I think a lot of the times we're seeing those become political drivers mm-hmm. um, or they become, you know, uh, drivers of uh, some sort of a club of exclusivity or mm-hmm. uh, in, in the case where I was, and I know this again, probably will get me in trouble somewhere, uh, a bastion of, of what ends up being self-righteousness. We mm-hmm. go there sure. to pay our dues feel better. Yeah. to, to mm-hmm. make us feel better about being more loved by God. Right. Right. And they would never admit that, but that's exactly what's happening Sunday after Sunday that they, they're there to get more God. And they will say that we're here to get more God, just like you said a minute ago. How can you get more if you already have the fullness of God within yes. you? Yes. They're reinforcing an identity of lack mm-hmm. in order for you to come back next week and feel like you need more. Mm-hmm. But see, if they started telling people or they were full, they're scared to death people would start coming, stop coming. And, you know, and, and yeah, and you know, you know, we all need teaching and we'll all, all need pastoring. We all need a lot of different things to function yeah. within the body, but the church is the body, not the service. And I, and I think it's important. Yeah. Um, services are, uh, you know, if we're, we're addicted because we can't get in, in the context of being the body, um, uh, except through, someone else, an intermediary, and the only intermediary is Christ. And so, you know, so, uh, it's, it's interesting. And, and, and I do, I do think that there's so many that their hearts, their hearts are never for it to be that. And it's easy for, with the flawed institutional or business paradigms that seep in there, that it gets sucked into that. But we do need community. You know, we do Absolutely. need community. Uh, and so, you know, it's so it's it's in, in while we're walking and, and sort of detoxing and trying to figure out where all this fits in. We need to be willing to look at what's not truth and what's not working and what's not representing God and what really is. And it's it's very easy. And I've been in ministry a long time. It's very easy to get sucked in the ministry mo- mode module and leave behind this whole relational dynamic, which is about God's relationship with us, us and our relationship with one another uh, in love and right. in oneness and grace and all of that. And so um, what what do you recommend? Because, you know, we're seeing a problem, you know, we're seeing a problem uh, with the institutions and that kind of thing. And, but people still need community. People still need to hear the word, to hear the word of God. We're here, you know, hear the prophetic words, hear the rain words. words. Yes, the, the words. spoken word. Yes, yeah, the spoken yeah, word. Christ as the word. We need all yeah. that. We need, we need great teaching. We need to be, we need to be, um, uh, uh, challenged in our thinking. Um, mm-hmm. so iron sharpens iron. Right, iron sharpens iron. And so what are, what are you recommending in your own walk? Having coming, come out of that, yeah. which it sounds like there was good, there was bad. There's some intrinsic, wow, I'm not sure about that. Um, and then there's some, this is great. And, you know, it's, it's not perfectly clear cut. And well, so. When you figure yeah. it out, let me know. Cause I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> I was counting on you, Bill. I wanted it with a bow. Uh, no, no, I think one of the things we're doing it right now, I'll yeah. tell you the last decade. And, and again, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm 43. I probably look like I'm 53. Uh, that's just the, the curse of being bald and have white hair. Um, 
I've, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those tweener generation people. I, I grew up in the, you know, early eighties was my childhood, early nineties. I graduated high school, mid nineties. Um, the internet was just starting to crystallize in my right. teenage years. I mean, it, it had information, but it, it didn't have a lot. It was AOL chat rooms, right? Right. But really in my adult years, information and access to information, access to conversations like this have just absolutely exploded at an exponential rate. Right. Um, so the, the ability to information, both truthful and just absolutely off the rails is all right at our fingertips. So discretion, <laughs> discernment, um, testing is all, has never been more vital to understand how to, pull the truth out of the weeds, right? Yeah. Um, that said, you know, Paul says in Thessalonians, test all things, but I'll hold right. on to the good. Right. And I think, you know, reading some of these books by people who are starting to challenge the paradigms that are, I never, I mean, outside of The Shack, which mm-hmm. was really the only book that kind of gave me just the tip of the iceberg, I kind of put that one on a shelf and I forgot about it to a large degree. And I wrote my book, the Jesus purpose to try and navigate my own heart's right. questions. And then when I came out of that, I looked for a community who would be interested or who resonated with that. Right. And all of a sudden I fell upon Steve McVeigh and Baxter Kruger and Don Keithley mm-hmm. and all these other people. I'm like Brad Jerzak and right. Brian Zahn. And I was like, holy cow, I thought I was the first. I thought I was the only idiot. one. <laughs> yeah, well, and I knew that William Paul Young guy, he was kind of like that, yeah, but I, right? I, I read the book, but I don't remember all of it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I find like, oh man, there's been another community that's been doing this and really growing into this for, for five years prior to myself. Right. Um, I was there. I just wasn't a part of it. I didn't mm-hmm. have the the language associated with like mm-hmm. perichoresis. Again, right. like, you don't know what that word is. It's like, holy yeah. cow, you learn some of this stuff that is goes all the way back. It's true orthodoxy of true, our faith. Yes, exactly. That's the that's um, the ancient stuff. This other stuff is the modern stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, rapture theology is right. 150 right. years old, and yet it's like this pillar. Again, it's one of the pillars of right. the modern evangelical Western Church, and it's right. garbage. I mean, right. it's right. garbage right. theology. It's fear, 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 so, fear, fear, fear. Yes, it sounds yeah. bad. I'm sorry if I offend anybody. It just is. If you go back and just study, you know, John Nelson Darby created this thing out of thin air less than. 200 years ago. And it's like, that's not orthodoxy. That's, that's a, I'm trying to think of a better word. That's a conspiracy theory. Well, it's really yeah, what it, it is. gets to be pop Christianity that, that gets the label of, of orthodoxy in the evangelical church. But, um, yeah. but it's basis on a bunch of stuff that you have to jerry rig to make it fit. <laughs> oh, and, it's just like, Nailed it. Again, once you start to see that these things weren't intended to be that way. Yeah. And for me, I'll tell you the, the one crystallizing moment, like the, the light bulb went off for me. Uh, it's been about 15 years ago. And this is where I love that church and where I still think that the, the, I'll use the word organized versus institutional because mm-hmm. I think there is a little bit of a difference again, just in at least, and maybe semantics, but mm-hmm. I think in the way I'm going to use it is, I think there's a necessity for an organization for a period of time. I think that's the key that for a period of time is so essential. And we just, we, 
we chop it off and we think that it has to be self-sufficient forever, and that's where we get into trouble. We don't go to school as children from kindergarten to 12. We don't, we don't just continue to go to a formal educationalized system for our entire lives. Right. We drive ourselves insane, right? Um, there's a period of time we do that, and then we move on to something else where we have more freedoms and, and we're able to explore the ramifications of our education, right? Mm-hmm. I think organization is a little bit the same way. We can have some baseline structure to give us community and purpose and shelter and facilitation, mm-hmm. but the second that the organization becomes more important than the organism of the body of believers, right, exactly. we flip it the feeds off feeds off the people rather than feeding the people. You know, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the idea that that can die or that has an end, I think it's such a radical idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when, when some of the most beautiful moments I've had with some sort of organizational structure, whether at a conference for a weekend mm-hmm. or maybe a six month study and you bond with people in a way that you never, there's always this kind of natural out Mm -hmm. the things that have been most unhealthy to me spiritually over the years started very beautiful Mm -hmm. and then devolved Mm -hmm. into something that you around all of a sudden it's toxic and you're like i mean what happened and it happened right before your eyes and sometimes you were a contributor right to it you look up it just breaks your heart um that's really been been one of the things that I've, i've kind of experienced again over and over. And I think because I'm a person who's had that outsider's mm-hmm. perspective, but with an insider's view for so many years, even though relatively I, I am young in some ways, I've experienced it literally since birth. Wow. I mean, literally immersed into that repetitive mimetic culture mm-hmm. of this, of this thing that grows and it turns into this thing and then it turns and then all that. And so, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm kind of rambling. But <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you're, sharing, of- you're sharing your experience. And I mean, I, you know, there are things that we need. And at the end of the day, yeah. the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. So where are you supposed to have community? Where are you supposed to be fed? Where are you supposed to feed? Where, you know, all yeah. of all of that. And so, you oh, know, there's yeah. not one so size fits all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, there are some young churches. I think young is really a key, but sometimes though they appeal more to a, I'll tell you as a, a mature believer, I struggle with that right now. Mm-hmm. We, we do host a home group, obviously for the last year. Mm-hmm. It's been a little bit um, chaotic. We haven't been able to meet the COVID and, and, and some right. of those things as, as, as we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably something we'll get back. So see, but I don't have a good answer right now. I think community groups online are a good, good starting spot. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the material online is, but again, there's a lot of, for every two or three things that I, I find that I really, really resonate with, there's probably a hundred things that I, <laughs> I'm challenged by. Right. Um, gosh, it's a great question. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I have a great answer with that other than allowing. I said, that's where I was going. I, I lost my train of thought. So that same church. Yes. <laughs> I'm back. He's back. <laughs> Uh, that same church 15 years ago, mm-hmm. first, one of the very first messages I heard that a church changed my life. Mm-hmm. And it was the, it was the simple idea that the, the, the scriptures have a key at the very beginning that unlock everything for us. And there are those two trees, the tree of, I've already referenced the tree of the knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. and the tree of life. Yes. And the tree of life is essentially Christ crucified. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where we are supposed, that's what we were created Rally to live at and mm-hmm. eat from. And when we eat it, we, we become part of that tree and we begin to manifest the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Love, joy, peace, basic kindness, goodness, patience, gentleness, and self-control. The other tree, the tree of the knowledge of mm-hmm. good and evil, right. knowledge of good and evil, not the bad tree, mm-hmm. the tree that says this is good, this is bad. The tree that says this is legal, this is illegal. The tree that says this is moral, this is amoral. Mm-hmm. The tree that says that's left wing, that's right wing. <laughs> the tree that divides <laughs> us into these paradigms of opposites, mm-hmm. right? Right. The knowledge in and believing mm-hmm. in, in that brings death. Yes. That brings death, at, or in other words, that takes life. Yes. Right? I mean, for me, I was sat 15 years and I'm like, oh, everything kind of went like the fog lifted and 30 years of religious indoctrination just absolutely went. And the puzzle just came together in a new way for me. And then from that point forward, all those other false pillars that I have have systematically crumbled and um, finding a place where that light bulb goes off for the first time. And then it's as crazy as it sounds, finding a community of believers who are willing to allow you to ask questions but free from judgment. I don't care if it's at a church. I don't care if it's at an AA meeting. Right. I don't care if it's at work. But where you're not going to be judged for asking questions and then allowing, as you said, the spirit of truth mm-hmm. who is in you right now. The spirit of Christ is alive inside of you to begin to guide you on all truth using, for me, the tree of the life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as the most simple filters I can use for deciphering, testing all things and holding on to the good. Do they look like the tree of life or do they look like the other tree? Exactly. And for me, it was easy. And having people that are willing to walk with you, regardless of where that takes you, Mm -hmm. judgment free is imperative. And there may be seasons where you're able to walk with somebody Mm -hmm. to a point Mm -hmm. And they're not ready to take that next step. And then you have to go find a new community. I've had to do that. That's, that's probably one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. I mean, that's excruciatingly painful. Um, at the end of the day, having, having had, uh, you know, similar uh, experiences. Um, but the, the, the one beautiful thing is that because of our union with Christ and because that is eternal, um, that we can be led, um, as sons and daughters, where we need yep. to grow. And that's what we're responsible for. Um, we're, spo- we're responsible for our own relationship our, and our own own growth um, and walking that out. And sometimes, you know, people, uh, and sometimes it's not even that people disagree. They can, they're just off in a different direction and really focused on something else. And so we need to be true to what the Lord is ministering in us. That's why. I think there's, a, there's this one thing I've heard, and I, I'm a, disagree it's a tough word but i think there is this interesting thing that there's this idea that i don't have to agree with you to love you and i wholeheartedly agree with that uh, i i would be aligned with that I try to use different words sometimes i would align with i don't have to agree with you to love you but and this is where i would i would challenge certain people mm-hmm. down the road mm-hmm. again I'm, I'm a challenger i like that it's like great. It gives you something to fight into. I yes. do think there has to be agreement. I do think there has to be agreement to have union. Interesting. Chew on that a little bit. And the idea is, see, here's here's the, the cool thing about Jesus, I, I think, as a person mm-hmm. and the idea of the Father. 
that the fathers were finding love, this fiery love, this passionate, burning heart's will, Mm -hmm. is for us to ultimately come into full agreement with his opinion of us. Well, using Mark by love. Oh, that's right. By love. We don't have to love each other. We don't have to agree to love each other. I agree with that. But ultimately, to, like, to become one with the Father, as I, you know, as I am one with the Father, we do have to agree with that. Oh, but yeah. We have to, start oh, we to do. Really agree with how God feels about us. And so this idea of agreement and disagreement is a tough one because ultimately, if I have a community of people that authentically disagree, I can no longer be in union with them. And I want to be. I can either continue to to love them and encourage them and invite them into agreement, but as long as there's disagreement, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have some offset, right? We're not gonna we're not gonna be one. We're we're gonna be off, and and so I, that's a challenge. I, I and so I, I do think there is this point of transfiguration that the church is going through, where we have gotten so. Uh, built, structured, again, the Protestant church, right? I'm a product of the Protestant church. I'm not a Catholic. The word Protestant has protest is literally its root word. It totally does. Which, what is protest? We're anti-that. We're not that. Yes. We're not Catholic. Yes. It's it's disagreement at its core. And now there's 40,000 different versions of different disagreement from the other guy, from the other guy, from the other. We've built an entire Christian paradigm for over 500 years on disagreement. Mm-hmm. And it's time for Holy Spirit to begin to remind us, literally remind us, right, of what we are in agreement about. And if if Jesus is at the core of our faith, and Jesus is the one thing we can begin to find agreement on, then I think, I think we'll start to see the church transfigure Absolutely. back into something beautiful. I would love to see love is what we need to find agreement on, but I... I'm a little bit of a, an oddball, and I'm not afraid to stand a little bit on an island. Love is so difficult to define. It means so many things to so many different people. It can be very vague in its broadest definitions. The challenge with Jesus is it brings a specific understanding to love. The crucified image of Christ shows me what love looks like Absolutely. precisely. And, and now I can find agreement. But as long as I say we're well, agreed around love, well, I think that leaves so much open for interpretation. Yeah, well, that's because it, we're, we're talking about kind of our particular version or our pet thing. But love looks like a person on a cross who's sacrificing for his creation absolutely. and drawing all things to himself. So love is a person. Now, that's a standard that yeah. ultimately, because I, I do believe God is redeeming all things to himself and bringing all things to himself in, 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 in union, that there is agreement, mm-hmm. but it's around the person of Christ. But there's so many facets of that, okay. um, that, uh, you know, maybe one particular person is focusing on, I mean, there's so many different fa- facets of Christ on this particular facet, this particular facet, but it's like a symphony when Holy Spirit brings it together yeah. because they all play in the great, um, you know, composition uh, of creation. And so we're all doing our part bringing in that. And so I, I agree. I, I, I don't think, um, I mean, I think we, sometimes we need to, um, we're just not going to agree. So which means they're not, you're not going to run with them if you're in disagreement, but ultimately we're agreeing on the person of Christ and Christ crucified. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I think the more, the more we all just encourage one another 
to focus on that. Mm -hmm. Focus on that icon of love, Mm -hmm. that icon of God, the, the person Jesus as the exact representation of God, therefore the exact representation of love, because God is love, then we can't help but to find an agreement, because Holy Spirit will bring us there, even if I'm traveling on this road and you're traveling yeah, on absolutely. that Absolutely, he'll bring it all together. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, ma- I mean, he's masterful. You know, Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us into all truth. Every single person is getting that pull. And, you know, sometimes we're fighting it, sometimes we're whatever, la, 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 I can't hear you. But, <laughs> but a lot of us are... You know, we're, we're just hungry to grow in the knowledge of him and the knowledge of that truth. That's gorgeous. Wow. Well, this has been so much fun. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so Bill, where can people find you? Uh, if, if they're wanting to contact you, uh, where can they find your yeah. book? All of that. So the easiest place to get me and the place I most commonly write now is on my private group on Facebook. Um, I'm a little under the radar. I don't post publicly very often, and it's, it's somewhat intentional. I have a lot of friends who I love uh, deeply. And you know what? I, I'm not the guy that just wants to, for, for lack of a better word, shove my understandings of Jesus down other people's throats. Uh, I, I do it inside of, of, of my little community. It's not private because I want to keep people out. It's private because I just want to protect people who aren't there yet yeah. Um, yeah. to some degree. And so the Jesus Purpose community on Facebook is where I'm most active, mm-hmm. by all means. I am on Facebook or, uh, Instagram. I am on Twitter, but I'm not nearly as active on those platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel uh, under uh, the Jesus Purpose by William Thrasher um, as well, where I have a lot of teachings I've done there. And then uh, the JesusPurpose.com, you can go there. It is down right at the moment. I'm hopeful to have it back up in the next couple of weeks with a new website. But yes. normally I do own that domain. So the JesusPurpose.com has some great. of my blogs and stuff as well. And if you go to Amazon and you, uh, you uh, search for the Jesus Purpose uh, by William Thrasher. I don't go by Bill Thrasher. Believe it or not, there's another Christian author who doesn't believe like I do named Bill Thrasher. <laughs> it's crazy. William. It's true. William. We're doing William. <laughs> yeah, so I go by William Thrasher as a pen name, so slight yes. delineation there. So yes. you search William Thrasher, uh, The Jesus Purpose, uh, Born to Die, Created to Live. Hmm. Again, it's a few years old. There's some things in it that I probably have, have, have I wouldn't say changed on, but I maybe articulate a little differently. But I, I still think there's a lot of meat and, and potatoes. In oh, that it's book. A, it's excellent. There's a lot of meat and side fixings in there. It's it's great. I, I really enjoy yeah, it. And it will challenge you and, and also get you started, right? Uh, and move you further yeah. along, right? Yeah. It's an interesting book. It's a book about Jesus. It's not a long read. It's 125 pages, something like that. But I, I don't use any scripture, none. So trying to write a book with Jesus, not using scripture, it was like the Holy Spirit told me to do that. So it's, it's I a love whole that. Yeah, it was very clear. That, you know, it's just it's there. Obviously, if you read between yeah, the lines, but sure. it, that was not the purpose. Was to just prove Jesus by right. using the Bible. That's right. been done plenty. It's not my job anymore. Right. Yeah, that's good. And it's so refreshing. So, well, Bill, it, it has been a joy. I hope you come back on again. And uh, everybody, go find go find Bill. William, if you're on Amazon. <laughs> on Amazon, yeah. Yes. Um, and, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to more discussions. Love it. All right. Well, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Yep. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit katherinetoon.com.